Hello, I'm Sinead. And I'm Brian. Each week we introduce each other to a film that we love. If the other's not equally enamoured, it could mean the end of our 22-year relationship. Warning, there will be spoilers, swearing and undoubtedly arguments. This is Reasons to Dump You. Good morning, Brian. Guten Morgen, Sinead. I am learning German at the minute, so it's good to throw a little bit in here and there. Why not? We're a multinational, EU-friendly kind of zone. Exactly. Wo ist der Elefant? Oh my God. Exactly, exactly. All the top phrases. Yeah. Where is the elephant being well, my favourite phrase at the moment? Who knows? Next time we're in Berlin, we oh. take an elephant, you lose it. Exactly. We're going to need that phrase. Exactly. We'll be able to find it quickly. Yeah. Anyway, let's cut to the chase here. Yes, we didn't come here it. to discuss German elephants. We didn't. We came here to discuss reasons to dump you. Yes. What I live for. I know. My lifeblood. I know. And I'll be honest with you, this week, me thinks there's going to be a lot of reasons. Oh, well, that bodes well, doesn't it? <laughs> Would you like a few clues as to what I've chosen this week for you? No, I'm okay. Oh, yeah, okay. of course. We'll just go <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, this is a 1982 sequel. Okay. 82 sequel. Well, it's a sequel. It's... <laughs> It's a sequel, and it was made in 1982. Oh, no. It's another one of your films. The original was made in 1897 by the Lumiere brothers. Oh, God. Yeah, so this is my second sequel choice, I think. Obviously, my first being Return to Oz. Yeah. Big fan, aren't you? I do like a little sequel. Okay, well, that's fine. I'm not going to lie. So this was made in 1982. The original film grossed 366.2 million. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say thousand then. (laughs) Okay. The sequel, much less. Ooh. Much less. Some would say... I mean, this doesn't bode well at all. (laughs) Some would say... So it's a shit sequel. (laughs) Listen, some might say this is a guilty pleasure. I don't believe in guilty pleasures. I know what this is. I believe all pleasures should be out and proud. I know what this bloody well is. Can I give you one more clue? And you're right, there's going to be reasons (laughs) to dump you a plenty. Do you want one more clue before you guess? Yeah. Final clue, Judy Garland's daughter is in this film. Oh, okay. That's throwing me a bit of a curveball. So? It was going to be Grease 2, and I thought, that's it, you're done, you're out. I don't want to do this podcast anymore. I'm walking away. Okay. Is that going to be your guess? or No. Okay. Because Judy Garland's daughter? Correct. Little Mini Garland? Mm-hmm. I can only think of Cabaret, but... No. They didn't have one before that, and I thought that was 70s, and I don't know. No, I don't know. I give up. Well, you really should have stuck with your first answer. No, it's fucking not. <laughs> because we're not talking about Liza Minnelli. We're talking about Lorna Luft. We're going to watch Grease 2. Grease is still the word. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my goodness. The excitement on your face now is a sight to behold. Why? I don't even want to watch Grease, let alone Grease 2. I'll do it. I'm, I'm an open-minded guy. Okay. Well, you've already given me I'm one cool. reason to dump you. I don't even want to watch Grease, one of the classic musicals of our time. Slightly over-screened, some might argue. Well. And it is slightly annoying that every girl on the planet feels the need to sing along with every tune. And Grease 2 too. No, 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 no. We won't, I won't sing along, I promise. That'll be the one thing I won't do. I'll just do that in my head. Oh, you are. I mean, I'm just... You've, you've excelled yourself the last few weeks. So next week, retaliation, I'm proper, full tilt. I'm proper chuffed with this choice. Why? Because it's a bit of fun. And I think it's really going to annoy you. And you need and I just feel... right <laughs> I need a little bit of... Nonsense and joy. Do you know what? I hope I really enjoy this. I hope I come back to this singing. And I hope you've no reasons to dump me at all. I mean, I think that's slim. But that's what I'm hoping for. And I'm going to go into this with the ultimate open mind. I'm going to come out of it like some, I don't know, overexcited schoolgirl. And you're going to be like, damn it. He's such a cool guy. I can't do anything about it to make this guy not lovable. Done. Brilliant. I'll get my pink ladies jacket. Let's go watch Grease 2. Is that a euphemism or? <laughs> You'll find out. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Come on. 
let's go and watch this film. We will see you in about, I reckon, four seconds. <laughs> So, so. Uh, I know you've got a rep to protect, Brian, but you can be honest with me. Yeah. Was that the uh, best one hour, 55 minutes of your life? <laughs> well, no, yeah. it wasn't. But it, it was wasn't a, the worst. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Sheer entertainment. Well, you know, I didn't like this film. I'm not going to lie. No, 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 no. Whoa. But I think there's something to be said for a musical, especially at the moment. I think the world needs this sort of film at the moment. I really do. Um, Did it need it in 1982? That's the question. Well, yeah, I mean, that's debatable. <laughs> but I think it needs it at the moment. So actually, I quite enjoyed watching this ridiculous version of life. And that's the sound bite we will be using. I quite enjoyed watching this musical version of life. There you go. Perfect. I think the actual word was ridiculous version of life, but... Comedic, exaggerated slice of quite possible brilliance, I think is what you're going for here. Uh, yeah, okay. For those that haven't watched Grease 2. You lucky thing. What are you doing? Get yourself onto Amazon. 349. I know. So this is the first point. Well, it's not the first point, but we had to pay for this? We paid for Demolition Man last week, Brian. Was so. it a penny? <laughs> I was more than happy to part with three pound forty nine wow. for for a HD version. I know full HD with five point one Dolby surround over this film. Um, so I'll give you a little synopsis. Please do, because you might have forgotten what you've just watched. I tried. Dazzled. Sorry, yeah. As you were, um, I've gone with Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Because the IMDb one really was the bar was very low. So you do surprise me. Stephanie Zanone, Michelle Pfeiffer, is the leader of Rydell High School's Pink Ladies, a gang of girls who are counterparts of the school's group of greasers called the T-Birds. Stephanie is tired of a relationship with top T-Bird Johnny Nogarelli, Adrian Smed, so she breaks up with him and quickly catches the eye of English exchange student Michael Carrington, Maxwell Caulfield. Hoping to win her over, Michael tries to overcome his nerdy ways while holding off the jealous Johnny. I mean, if that doesn't want to make you watch, you're dead inside. I, I, I think I'm dead inside. I do, no, yeah, I mean, that sums it up, right? That's what it's all about. Exactly. Greece, we had Sandy coming over as the Australian outsider, winning Danny Zuko's heart. Yeah. Here we have Michael Carrington coming over as the English outsider from, from England to win Stephanie Zanoni's heart. Yeah, I mean, it was. I like the fact they did the role reversal. I like the fact that that she was now the bad girl. She was, and a bad he girl. was the good boy. She chewed a lot of gum in this film. Yeah, she must have had minty fresh breath. I'm. I'd love to know how popular gum was in 1961 in the USA. Clearly, very popular at Rydell High. If Michelle Pfeiffer was anything to go by, I'm actually going to use the gum example as my first point about this film, the first thing that really got under my skin about this film. Okay, shall I get my pen ready for this? Because I'll be honest with you, I'll get to them later. I've already got three reasons to dump you and you haven't even started talking yet. Shit. Come on then. Three. Uh, that was just from watching it with you. Oh, wow. There were three moments that you laughed that irritated me so greatly, <laughs> I made a note of them. Okay. But what would you first like to discuss about Grease 2? The first thing I'd really like to discuss about Grease 2 is the production design. Okay, go on was all over the shop. So, it was set in 1961. Correct. Cool. None of the songs, none of them, <laughs> matched the era of 1961. It was a they blend. It was a blend of musical uh, styles. Okay. Let me have my say. Don't just talk over the top to try and make your point. So, all the songs were much more 80s. I mean... And I'm going to come on to the songs. Were much more 80s and much... There was no 1961 vibe about those songs. Sorry, can I just ask? Much more 80s than the original, is that what you mean? No, or no, than, than the, the era. era. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, uh -oh. Secondly, Michelle Pfeiffer, I mean, in any of her films, she doesn't look like anything other than a girl out of the 80s. But her hairstyle was 80s, her makeup was 80s, what she was wearing was 80s. Everything about that girl was 80s. 
Then some of the people that were in the high school looked like they were straight out of the 50s. Mm -hmm. Then you had like the high school itself that looked like it was out of the 40s. (laughs) The teachers, some of them looked like they were out of the 30s. I mean, it was all over the shop. And the buildings, like they went out on that motorbike. The motorbike looked like a Kawasaki from 1982. They went out on it for the day. I mean, this was supposed to be a junker from 1961, this motorbike. Didn't Correct. look like one. Well, they went for a razz on it, which, at which point she climbed round to the front to look him face to face as he was riding the bike. Which apparently uh, Michelle Pfeiffer actually did, that stunt. Well, I'm sure the stuntman appreciated it. Yeah, I think they got on very well. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> I mean, she was having sex with him on a petrol tank. <laughs> Um, but no, it was all over the shop and, and, and none of it was particularly good. The, the wig on the girl who was throwing herself at the, the main guy, Johnny. Paulette. Paulette. Don't badmouth Paulette, Brian. I'm not going to badmouth her, but her wig was atrocious. Well, shall I tell you why her wig was atrocious? I can give you a fact about that. Please do. It was made from synthetic fibres. So Paulette, played by Lorna Luft, a.k.a. Judy Garland's okay. daughter. Yeah, I wonder why she got more of a starring role than Michelle Pfeiffer did, even though she wasn't the star of it. Yeah, go on. Um, she bleached her hair for this role, because obviously her character is playing like the Marilyn Monroe bombshell. We're going to get on to that. She uh, bleached her hair. It promptly killed it. It fell out, so she had to have a wig for the production. Wow. So, well done, Lorna, for your craft. That's dedication, Lorna. Big up to Lorna. Yeah. But, again, all these weird styles. The girl who was supposed to be the Jackie Kennedy, she looked like something more from the 70s. I didn't quite understand her. I certainly didn't understand her hair, how they let that on camera. <laughs> What's wrong with her hair? This big mess of hair. <laughs> um, it was just... It was all over the shop. It, the, the production design was all over the shop, as were the hair and makeup. You know, it's obviously come from the director himself, but... Herself. Was it a female? Shall we get I thought on? it said David Gill. No, it did not. We'll get on to the director. What did it say as the director's name? The director is Patricia Birch. Pat Birch assumed it was a man. Ah, uh, okay. classic. Okay, so the woman in charge <laughs> is clearly born in the 70s. Or in the 40s, but she doesn't really have any recollection of the 60s. Well, I'll be honest, I hope she wasn't born in the 70s because this film was made in 1982. So that is one young director. Doogie Howser, a director. <laughs> yeah. I'm loving it. Patricia Birch was the uh, choreographer of Greece. Okay. Um, I will not have a word said against the woman. Listen, I haven't said anything against the dancing. The opening sequence of the dancing. Excellent. Fantastic. Exactly. Really enjoyed the opening sequence. Thought, okay, this will be a bit of fun. Stupid, but fun. And were you were you proved incorrect? No. This was ridiculous, camp, high school fun. Camp. This is another part of the production design. So why were the collars on Johnny, the campest bad guy in the history of the world? Mr. Johnny Nogarelli. Johnny Nogarelli. Leader of the T-Birds. Yes. I mean... Love him. The collars on his jacket yeah. were humongous. He looked like Liberace. <laughs> The one thing you've got to give John Travolta, right? Yeah. He's not a tough guy, but you never think, like, camp. <laughs> not sure. I think the only reason he's so angry about losing that girl is he doesn't really want any girls. <laughs> and he doesn't want the truth to come out. He actually wants Michael himself. Yeah. That's actually... Yeah, he yeah. wasn't... Okay. So the plot of this film wasn't that Johnny was upset to lose Stephanie. It was that Johnny actually wanted Michael. Yeah, he was upset that Stephanie was going to take Michael. <laughs> yeah. He oh, my wanted. God. I'd never and Michael like wanted that. to be him. Yeah. And the only way he could be him was by taking his girl. Oh, my God. Ooh, deep. I never realised this before. How come? Come on. It's pretty <laughs> obvious when you think about it. It's pretty obvious when you think about it. Oh, and production design. I live in a nuclear bunker. No, no. It was quite clearly stated yes. that the nuclear bunker was in the garden of Michael's uncle... Yes. And he was down there studying. But all Michael's stuff was in it. Well, no, it was his study room, wasn't it? He was... Look, every teenager wants a little breakout space. I never wanted a nuclear bunker. If you, if, if there'd been a shed or something that your parents would have let you go and kind of overtake, you would have done it. It just so happened Michael's was a bunker. Yeah, okay, yeah. A nuke- nucleoid bunker, as um, one of our characters. <laughs> you can't remember his name. <laughs> No. So, yeah. So, 
that was my first big problem with it. Mainly, well, yeah, it leads on to something else. You see, I've got a lot to say. Okay, well, listen, I am not going to dispute that the production design might have spanned a few decades. Uh, Just a bit. That did not take away from the enjoyment of this film. Okay. What about the crazy bloody scientist lab that, for some reason, Frenchie, who they'd paid to have three days on set, decided to turn up at? That she was, she was uh, making makeup. She was making skin no, care. No, I know. I know mm. the story. Mm-hmm. I watched the film. So, so, so she was in the science lab. You're making skin care. Why was she pouring like vats and stuff and other stuff that were giving off purple fumes? Why did it look like a science lab where they're trying to reconstruct the DNA strand? I think what you're missing here, Brian, is that is that the comedy in this film clearly did not connect with you on the level it should have done. And the only other repeat character was who? Well, no, there was more. I, I, this is one of my points. If you want to talk about uh, people, I'm talking about the ones roles. that were at school. I'm not talking about the bad guy who's still awesome. Eugene, Eugene. Uh, is the only yeah. other character that's so, still at school. Yeah, I don't right. know why Eugene's still at school. Yeah, cause... Eugene was a nerd, so yeah. therefore intelligent, so yeah. therefore would have graduated three <laughs> years before bloody Danny Zuko, the forty-five-year-old, did. <laughs> and when, sorry, but when your man, the main guy. Who I've got to get to as well. Michael Michael Carrington. Yeah, but what was his name in it? Michael Carrington. Oh, yeah. So when he sat down with his like melancholy, humongous meatball to have lunch at the end... Yeah, that meatball did not look good. No, but the guy sitting next to him looked like he was about 74. (laughs) (laughs) Did you not see him? It's a high school. They're they're ranging from like year one all the way through to... (laughs) To, to I didn't see him, no, did he look really old? Oh, my God. <laughs> Maybe he was the school chef. Maybe he'd come out to just check if the I kids think were enjoying the, their meal. I think he was the school chef's dad. <laughs> it was insane. I mean, I'm not surprised they age quickly looking at the mash and meatball he had for his lunch. Yeah, no, it did. Mm, it looked, with peas. It looked dodgy, didn't it? I thought, I thought, it looks like raw meat. Um, okay, well, I want to talk about uh, yeah, pe- people reprising their roles. Okay. Because okay. that was sheer joy. Come on, who doesn't want to see Frenchie again? Yeah, I love Frenchie. Frenchie's cool. She's right. cute. We like her. Thank you all day long. Who doesn't want to see Miss McGee, the headmistress, and Blanche? So the double act to end all double acts. Completely agree, right? Miss McGee and Blanche are brilliant, except for one thing. Go on. It's like watching you <laughs> in twenty-three years' time, and I'm not talking Which about Miss McGee. <laughs> I take that as an absolute sincere compliment. Yeah, you are Blanche. I wrote it down. You're the school secretary. You are the school secretary. Would you like to elaborate on why I am Blanche? Because she likes nothing more than playing the xylophone. I mean, uh, come on. Wouldn't you love it? Imagine if I woke up all our neighbours with that every morning. (gasps) I should install a tannoy. And then she was full tilt doing the Mm. um, nuclear alarm and then got scared by it herself. (laughs) Yeah. Which is exactly what you do. (gasps) And have done. You start doing something, then you scare yourself. That's the power of my imagination. I can't help it. Um, other people yes. reprising their road roles. Sorry, uh, Coach Calhoun. Yeah, I love Coach Calhoun. Gotta love. I yeah. mean, even though he did look old enough to to really, he shouldn't be working anymore. But he's a sports I like teacher. Him. I mean, they were all doing. Yeah, they never did any sports. Exactly, they yeah. were all doing nothing anyway. Um, and we also then get uh, Bermuda, the, the baddest of the bad guys. Oh, yeah, he's cool, man. So not Puck only... face, or what they call him? Uh, crater face. Crater face. Not very, oh, okay. not very nice um, nickname, but that, that, that's what it was. Um, so, yeah, so in Greece, yeah. he was part of the Scorpions. Yeah. Now he appears to have uh, defected to the Cycle Lords. He started a new group. Yeah, why? The Scorpions like literally graduated and left. Well, no, the old ones were car-based. This one's been motorcycle based. Oh, uh, oh! Uh, so he, d- yeah, you're right. Bad man. Yeah, moving moving on to the cycles. I just thought, what a joy it was to see these characters again. So for that alone, this film's getting at least one point. I mean, it's getting much more than that. Don't worry. But who do, who doesn't want to spend time with these characters? I mean, I'll be honest. If it wasn't for the old characters, they would be at least half a point lower. <laughs> Than they already are. The one disappointing thing I did think Go on. was that we, I don't know if you noticed, but we lose Frenchie about halfway through this movie. Well, yeah, and then she suddenly reappears again. She didn't reappear in the end scene. 
Oh, no. I think the last time we see her is... Um, I know she's not dead. I've seen her on stuff. Yeah. No. Uh, so the gorgeous Dee Dee Khan um, yeah. doesn't appear in the end portion of this film because they were still writing it when they started filming it. And basically her character just kind of got written out and there was nothing for her in the end part of the film. Well, I mean... I will grant that's a mistake. Yeah, I didn't miss her. <gasps> well, well, that's a bloody reason to dump you. What do you mean you didn't miss her? She didn't do anything. Didn't so she met him she... off the bus. Yeah. Oh my God, there's no reason for me to be here at all. She so explained why the she bus. was there, Brian. She was there so we all knew it was Greece. <sighs> then I mean, we, we see her in during some twaddle song. We see her in the science lab because apparently... When you're a slightly simple 40-something <laughs> that's gone back to school to make... She needed to pass chemistry. Okay. She informed us of that at the beginning. You did chemistry. Did I? I would imagine, yeah. You were at school. Well, yeah. Double double science, I believe okay, they call so it in my you, day. you would have touched on chemistry mm. and double science. Mm-hmm. I remember a particular story about a Bunsen burner. So, you know, you <laughs> were there. I was there. Tell me, and you went to school what in the late sixties? I was going to say, careful. No, in the nineties. In the nineties, did you ever use any of that equipment? No. Did they have that equipment? Probably, but did the teacher keep it well and truly under his reign and not let you anywhere near it because he'd show you the experiment? But I'm damned if I'm going to let you explode glass all over your face and all over the school and everywhere else. Well, I can have see you... where you're confused here. This is in America, Brian. Oh, of course. We were in the British education system. Yeah. So I think they did let kids play with stuff. We didn't dissect frogs either, did we? But you didn't doubt that they were doing that in ET? No. Yeah, we didn't get electric front windows in cars till the late 80s. (laughs) They had it in like the 50s. Okay, cool. I'll let that go. So yeah, I absolutely loved the fact, particularly, I think, Miss McGee and Blanche. Yeah, they were brilliant. Um, She kept calling them the T-Bones. I know, that was cool. (laughs) Here are my boys, the T-Bones. Um, and when one girl comes up, comes out of the uh, room and says, oh, I, I skipped my last two periods. Yeah. She says, don't worry, dear, you can make it up after lunch. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant gags. Rather, um, I found that that particular scene just before where mm. they were singing. Uh, is it the reproduction yeah. song? Yeah. I found that rather sexually aggressive. Well, this this brings me on to, to the film in general. Yeah. Um, it's just all about sex, really, isn't it? Oh, 100%, yeah. It's it's just, I've written down, just camp, hilarious, all about sex. And I can see camp. I can see all about sex. <laughs> Come on, there were moments. Are you telling me that Adrian Smed as Nogarelli in this film wasn't brilliant? Who's Adrian Smed? Which one's Nogarelli? What are you talking the about? The leader of the team. Johnny, Jones. he was bloody awful. Oh, oh my God. Okay, I'm coming oh to point two. Oh my good I Lord. am coming to point two. Go on. Very quickly. This film should not have been called Grease 2. Correct. It did start with a different title. Yeah, what was it? I'm going to guess what it was. Okay. I think it was David Essex versus <laughs> Shane Ritchie. <laughs> Why would it have been called that? Because... The English kid was David Essex, clearly. I mean, much and then, better jawline. And then every time that Johnny guy starts saying, I thought, this is bloody, I'm watching Shane Ritchie. <gasps> yeah, I know, it's gone quiet because you're shocked, but it's true. Well, I don't this think is, Shane Ritchie was in TJ Hooker, do or you? Or it could be called The Seven Ages of David Essex. I mean, everybody had a David Essex thing going on. I don't understand why. <sighs> Well, you, you'll probably not be surprised to know that that wasn't the original Prophet. Why, David Essex wouldn't let him use it? <laughs> it was... Uh, Couldn't afford Shane Ritchie. <laughs> it was Son of Greece. Son of Greece. <laughs> Son of Greece. And it got changed to Greece too. And actually, Maxwell Caulfield uh, campaigned to get it changed back again because he thought Greece too was a really bad title. I'll be Would honest you? with you, Max. Not sure. Son of Greece is Is Max better. the main guy? Is the English guy, yeah. Yeah. He also, bless his Was heart. he a star at the time? Well, he was very up and coming, I think, because do you not remember him from the Colbys, as in nope. the Dynasty spin-off? I never watched it. Oh, my Lord. What, what have you been doing with your life? Oh, I was going out. <laughs> Things like that. Um, What's that little look about? Were you? Yeah. You, you make it sound like you were out doing cool things. Oh, no, nothing cool. <laughs> but I was out of the house. Um, I wasn't sitting in front of the telly combing my mum's hair like you were. I think he was being touted. <laughs> doing what? <laughs> Combing my mum's hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> used to sit around and do that a lot. Mum, please let me carry on. I don't think you nearly missed it. <laughs> because I'm trying to very seriously give you facts here. Okay. Um, so Maxwell Caulfield, yeah, I think he was being uh, touted as kind of perhaps the new uh, hot chap. He had the English thing going for him. Man, man got a strong jawline. So, okay, I have no issue with his jawline. <laughs> Or his uh, lack of desire to wear a shirt under his jacket when he's on a motorbike. What I do have issue with is I would like to know who that man slept with to get that role. Because there's one thing you need to be able to do... I know what you're going to say. ...to be in a musical. You didn't think he was the strongest singer of the pack? I'm going to write... I'm going to read what I wrote. Okay. Is this for his uh, solo charade? (laughs) No, no. Final song with Michelle Pfeiffer and the English guy. We'll be together. Awful. Then I wrote, (laughs) oh my God, he's the Jan Terry of male singers. Oh, please. If If he'd have sung I Don't Want to Lose You Tonight, (laughs) it would have sounded exactly the same. I'm going to defend him here because that's absolutely unfair. Going round in circles. If people haven't heard of Jan Terry, just Google YouTube Jan Terry. Um, Best singer ever. I don't want to leave you tonight um i, I wanna, think that's sorry. really sorry, sorry i don't want to lose you i don't want to lose you tonight sorry i think that's really un- unfair i'm not saying that uh maxwell was well cast but i do think he's a good actor and he can hold a tune they didn't give him much to do did they excuse me he cannot hold a tune so let's get on to the casting. Um, I was going to oh, tell sorry. you. sorry. We're um, not going to do what I want. Let's listen to No, I was just going to tell you. Um, obviously, this film was not received very well. And he <laughs> no said, um, <laughs> a quote from uh, Max, it took me 10 years to get over Greece too. Wow. But, you know, he, did, he, he went into the, into the Colby's. It's all good. It's fine. It's fine. Man's got a career. It's good. Oh, yeah. Look, I'm not saying Always he's not a money. good actor. He could be a good actor. Singer. I wouldn't necessarily release his album. <laughs> I still might because I'm a bit of a prostitute when it comes to money. But, yeah, exactly, yeah. you would. Yeah. But, so, let's get on to casting. Okay. Really important. This is my big star okay. on this film. Okay. In a positive way, clearly. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Let me just have a sip of water. I can hear a lot. Of... <laughs> this better be a positive comment, Brian, because... I'm notching up reasons here. No, no, no. This is not. <laughs> no, 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 this is not. No, it's not. So get your pen ready. Michelle Pfeiffer was wrong in every way, shape and form. She was not right for this role. She looked disinterested for most of it. She was she meant to be aloof. Straight out of the 80s. Her performance was weird. When the character, the girls around her had stronger characters than she did and she was supposed to be the star of the tea or pink ladies or whatever they're called. The pink ladies. You know full well what they're called now. Come on. So how come I remember all the other characters better than I remember hers? Okay, so there is one thing about this film which I will agree with. Yeah. And it brings me on to something I wanted to talk about. Oh. Which was the real stars of this film are not Michelle Pfeiffer and Maxwell Caulfield. Well, who are they? They are Lorna Luft and Adrian Smed. It is all about Johnny Nogarelli and Paulette. For me, they're the characters I care about. They're the ones I want to spend time well, with. There's a reason you care about Paulette. Because the director clearly was under strict instructions to make Paulette's character as strong as it could humanly be. But that, that, that sounds getting... like you're giving her no credit for just turning out a great performance. No, I'm not, because she wasn't a great actor. <gasps> I loved her. Well, of course she did. It was camp. It was hammy. It was like, oh, no one tells me what to do, Johnny Nagarelli. That was the, that oh, was her best bit. God, it was awful. She'd been pining over him for three quarters of the film while he clearly had the horn for another girl. It was awful Are you telling me you didn't like Nogarelli and Paulette? The, sorry, you better repeat that. What was that? The wig was bad. I've already explained about that. I'm getting quite aggressive about that wig. So are you not with me on the fact that that, that was the couple to root for here? No, it wasn't the couple to root for. I didn't like David Essex on the motorbike. If he... Your fella, your Shane Ritchie lookalike. Johnny. Your, I'm, my collar, his collars were getting bigger. <laughs> 
as the scenes went on. It was like, the, you know when Brian Connolly used to do a sketch or Kenny Everett and slowly <laughs> one part of the outfit, or even the Morecambe and Wise, I don't know, but one part of the outfit got bigger and bigger and bigger. It was ridiculous. But this is what just made it all so joyful. Why? Because it's just fun. It's escapist. It was basically a film about teenagers being played by people in their late 20s. Late 40s. <laughs> no, I checked some ages because I knew you were going to get straight on that. Okay. And um, Michelle Pfeiffer was only about 23. Yeah, well, she's always looked 38. Um, I mean, even now when she's 78, she looks 38. Novarelli was bizarrely only about 27. Would you call them by their first name? Johnny. Okay. Johnny was like 27. 27? Yeah, I know. He looked older, right? Yeah, he did. <laughs> a lot. I looked it up. And Michelle Pfeiffer, it's not her fault. She looks so old that when she started snogging old Maxi Baby at the end... <laughs> Maxi Baby. It was like he was necking his mum. It felt really weird. Well, how young do you think he looked? Well, he looks a lot younger than her. Did you think? Yeah. I think he looks a lot younger than her. It's... My God, his chest was like a nine-year-old's. It was like no shape to it and completely bald. <laughs> totally Some bald. men have that, though, don't they? Yeah. Not not to my taste, star lad. <laughs> For those out there. Yeah, if he was ripped. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, lads. No, but if he was ripped, then I'd be like, okay, it probably shaves his chest. Mm. No. I don't think men shave their chest in, in, uh, in the 60s, did they? Probably not, no. No, male grooming and all that wasn't wasn't a thing then. It was a, about being sort of butch. It might have been in America. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, but talking about kisses at the end, uh, I'm just going to very yeah. quickly say the youngest character of the lot, Dolores, who was yeah. Paulette's little sister, yeah. um, told um, Michael, oh, you know... We can't we can't see each He's other anymore because he'd made this kind of joke that they you know he was considered a date. A date. Yeah. Uh, I got myself a new man now. Gets the small smallest little T bird. Yeah. And then at the end they were they were kind of hugging and cuddling and kind of yeah boop with each other. Well, and I just thought, well, that's wildly inappropriate. Yeah, but they were trying to recreate those same characters, weren't they? She was clearly supposed to be that one with the weird hair, dark hair in the first one. Yeah, but she was the same age as the rest of them. I mean, oh, Dolores I know. was like I know. I know. Twelve. I know, but that's why I thought it was a bit weird when he decided, he said, walk you home, consider it a date. And then she stood on her skateboard while he... Um, yeah, but that was just, along. I thought that was quite sweet because it was just, I'm just going to walk you home. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure you get yeah. home safely. See? Sweetness. Sweetness and light. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> was that your uh, attempt at an audition for Grease 2? Yeah, Grease 3. <laughs> Grease 3. Me and Shane Ritchie. <laughs> I don't see why not. Um, so the, the the other thing I was going to talk about is um, the film Score Tonight at the Bowling Alley. They all go down the bowling alley because that's what kids back then did. Yes. Um, and they, talk about the song. They score. burst into, yeah, we're going to score tonight. Yep. I thought this just basically, if you wanted someone to understand what Grease 2 is, just show them this scene. Okay. Because basically this is what it is. Okay. Singing ludicrousness it's all about shagging and everyone's having a great time i think you saw a different film i mean <laughs> i think you were watching like rocky horror picture show over the top of it or something what? like yes it was obviously all about shagging as you put it <laughs> in your grandma vernacular um but <laughs> sorry what do you call it I'm making love getting your tings <laughs> oh god I never called it that in my life. Um, but I don't know, Sinead. It was just... Yeah, okay. Look, I you've raised a point of mine here. Yeah. So... Go on. Your point being? Well, I like a musical. You know I like a musical. I really enjoy a musical. You I'm cho- not shy to say You chose for us to watch. I did. Different, slight different... Uh, yeah, yeah, slightly different energy yeah. about it, yeah, I'd different say. Vibe, yeah. Different vibe, yeah. And uh, equally poor singing in <laughs> points. Sorry, Russell. Um, but I think the motivation for the songs in this were so weak, bordering on... There's no reason for them. Doesn't... Bordering on why. And I'm... Right, wait there. So, first of all, the talent show. Yes. Waste of everybody's time. 
I mean, there was no need for it. You could have cut the whole talent show section. You'd have still had, because I thought that's where it was going to end. So, I thought, oh, that's their new bit. You could have still held the luau, which we'll come to later. Didn't need the talent show. There's no need for it. Tell me what we would have lost if we'd have trimmed it, apart from a lot of padding of time for the director and the writer. Well. Exactly. We, well. We we perhaps could have lost that scene. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Both of them. I mean, they were, it was pointless. It was just comedy song one after the other. I mean, for a talent show, nobody picked a different talent to sing in. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not it's not Britain's Got Talent, Brian. We're not going to get magicians coming out pretending that they've okay. stolen David Walliams. Also, keys. the talent show showed Mrs. Mason for being the out and out racist that she is. But let's move on because her first ones, they're my girls, they're well bred. The second ones were good, clean American lads. <laughs> oh God, I didn't notice that. Oh yeah, Miss Mason. There you go. So then you had. Um, the reproduction lesson. Yes. The sexually aggressive songs about sex and how basically women just all they do is turn you down and say no and lead you on. <laughs> really violent <laughs> and led by some old Clark Kent looking motherfucker who can't sing either. <gasps> how did he get in it? He must have been financing it. Was he a producer? Was this like another one of these Night of the Living Dead moments? Oh, you're talking about the, the teacher. The yeah. yeah. He couldn't sing for shit. Well, he was he was sort of um, talk talk singing, wasn't he? What what I is that the excuse? Yeah, yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm talk but that singing. song was motivated. He was teaching them about reproduction. Yeah, but he didn't need to be. Well, he needs to teach them something. He's the teacher, Brian. You can't just stand in front of a class and teach them nothing. Okay, that's well, going to considering... get you in a whole heap of trouble. Uh, anyway, love the teacher he was replacing though the twitchy one who had a drink problem, <laughs> who got nervous disposition <laughs> who, issues, or who whatever. ended up in the. Pool, yeah, drunk with two pineapples. In the I that was pool cool. at the end. Um, the bowling song, again. Score tonight. Yeah, but completely unrelated. We're going to go bowling. Yeah. What? We're going to go bowling here. Yeah. Everyone, cool kids, bowl. Yeah. Okay, we had a bowling ring, a bowling alley in my town. If I'd have said to all the cool kids in school, let's go bowl, okay. I'd have got my head kicked in. Well, that, yeah, but you didn't go to school in 1961 America, I wasn't did you? far behind. <laughs> <laughs> then we had... The Who's That Guy song. Mm, he came oh out of the darkness in the middle of the night. God. The Who's That Guy song was so bad. Awful. Then we had the school canteen masher... What, <laughs> what do they call them? False friends. What are they called? Charade. Charade. My charade. If she could see past my charade. I mean, oh. That's not the tune, but okay. Oh, my God. God, so nothing really was motivated very well. Yeah, he was he was he was upset because Michelle Pfeiffer couldn't see him for who he really was. She didn't know, which brings me on, if I may. Yeah. To a point I wanted to talk about. Oh, sorry. Yes, you can in a minute. I've also got one more song, mm-hmm. which was my least favourite, mm-hmm. which was the uh, oh, red, I white, know. and blue in the bunker. Let's do it for our yeah, country. Let's do it for our country. Mm-hmm. Red, white, and blue. Mm-hmm. He was being a bit aggressive. Yeah, I mean, granted, a little bit he was, aggressive. Yes. But, you know, wasn't doing anything. No. Fair enough. So then she dresses him as a soldier. Mm-hmm. She dresses herself as a nurse. Right. I'm thinking, hello. She's like, should we? Should we do it for our country? Should we? And he goes, all right, let's do it. And she goes, what are you doing? And gets off. Like, I'm sorry, but I mean, even I'd be confused by that. Well, shall I explain to you what happened there? Well, I saw it. She thought he was proposing that they go off to war together <laughs> and and okay. serve their country. All right. And that's why she jumped up to open the door because, right, we'll go, we'll sign up, we'll go okay, to the yeah. front. No, I know, but she was given a mixed message by dressing herself as a nurse and him as a soldier. Well. I mean, I did wonder where the hell I thought this film's taking a very dark And turn. again, a perfectly motivated song. He wanted to do it. He was trying to, you know, fool, yeah. fool her into... Uh, <laughs> Uh, having coitus. But I think the thing is with those, and that makes me laugh, is I think this is where the trouble comes when your actors are all in their 40s. Yeah. Because then what? it feels... Late 20s, not, 30s, bro. Okay, but it's not that innocent vibe anymore. I agree. You know, they go in and it's like, and their two mates are like, and he's like, the two mates outside are in their 30s. I know, and he gets a glass to listen up to the door. It's like fucking pervert. Yeah, but I suppose if they're all 35 and still virgins... <laughs> Yeah. They're not going to really know how to handle it, are they? That's the other thing about this film. I mean, 
they're all talking about sex. They all want to have sex. They're all yeah. sex, 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 sex. I don't think any of them are actually having it. Oh, no. Well, she admits that, doesn't she? Um, your mate with the wig. <laughs> Paulette. Paulette. She admits that. She says that she nearly died a virgin. Yeah. Yeah. Which oh, yeah, I thought, she... and the rest. In the, in the... <laughs> the time. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so sorry. I wanted to talk quickly about yes. Michael's transformation. Michael, Michael. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. from, the main, from the English, English, English Shakespeare geek to Cool Rider. Cool Rider. I'm glad we're talking about this. I, I, I felt like this gave you such joy. Oh, this was... This... Is this gave it an extra point because this was brilliant. Well, the first time we see him, so he decides he needs to buy a motorcycle and become a cool, uh, enigmatic, mysterious bike yeah. biker dude yeah, in order to win Michelle Pfeiffer's heart. Yeah. Because she's basically sung at him in a very motivated fashion, telling him she just wants a cool rider. Yeah. She while wants straddling a, cool a ladder in a very provocative manner. Yeah, I mean, I don't find Gladys that provocative, but yes, you're right. All I kept thinking of were the health and safety implications that went up so high. <laughs> there was nobody at the bottom holding that ladder Exactly, for he could have at least had his foot on the bottom rung. So he goes off, um, and so when... Okay, so a couple of things. First of all, yeah. he's come from England, he's an he's a kind of an academic geek, he doesn't really know anything. Yeah. He manages to get some money together by writing assignments for the T-Birds. Yeah. Um, and goes to this junkyard yeah. and basically gets free reign in this junkyard to build himself a bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it was a junkyard, Sinead, and he only had about $30. He was selling those things for $5 a piece. Oh, I've got no problem with the um, the money aspect. Oh, I've okay. Got, I've, I, that's I, fine, that's fine. Yeah, that makes sense to me. What doesn't make sense to me is with just a book, you manage to build an entire motorcycle with no skills. No, He wasn't YouTubing this Sinead. shit. At the beginning of the film, they explained he was a straight-A student. He's a bit of a whiz kid. So then he only needs a book. Do you feel like if time. you went to a junkyard and someone handed you a book, you'd be able to construct the motorbike he constructed? Me? And learn to ride it in the manner which he rode it. Okay, the way he rode the bike, can I just say, <laughs> yeah. went from falling off it every 30 seconds to razzing it around like a lunatic. Well, of course, that's what you call a montage so that we can get to the, you know, point of where he needs to be. Didn't think you liked them. I like them in moderation, not uh, when the entire Street Fighter film is created from them. I know it wasn't Street Fighter. Yeah, that just lost like your that. film a point, <laughs> half a point. Um, so I did have a, a slight problem with um, the way in which he suddenly became so educated. Yeah, I mean, all of a sudden he was... Not only that guy, Guy Martin, fixing his bike up for himself, he then became Evil Knievel. <laughs> and so when he first turns up at the yeah. bowling alley yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to sort of reveal his cool rider status, cool rider. Um, he has on a helmet, leathers, and some rather large goggles. He does. <laughs> Nobody. They're really? all they're all like looking out the windows, they come running out. Who's that guy? Who's that guy? I mean, he's just literally got a helmet and goggles on. Yeah, I know. And Proper it's, Batman situation, wasn't it's it? It's hilarious because, yeah, it, it, no, Superman, you mean. A Superman, sorry, yeah, yeah. it's a proper, like... Yeah, yeah sorry, Superman. Because then at the end, he took his goggles off and everyone's like, Michael! <gasps> Michael! Like, oh, my God. <laughs> Absolutely awesome. I mean, he even, you know, after he's demonstrated his, his cool status, um, he comes back up and offers Stephanie a light for her cigarette. Oh, and yeah. he's, li he's literally he's like yeah, yeah, yeah. two foot away from her and she still doesn't realise who he is. Yeah, but he was putting on an American accent. Oh, that's what it was. That must have thrown her. That's could, what could have possibly have been and the did you new notice English exchange student. After he did his first um, first appearance, so the first time he went out on the bike outside of the field he was driving around, he drove through a gang of motorcyclists, kicked them in the face. Yes, he kicked them in the face. At which point, this is one of the reasons you're getting dumped, you laughed out loud. Oh, it was brilliant. Why did you laugh out loud at that point? Because it was so shit. And then, then he turns around and wheelies through them, and they all fall off their bike. Yeah. Then he's just basically doing circles, and instead of them just sitting still till he's run out of petrol and then beating him up, they decide to go round in circles after him in I, that same little car park. I think it's worth remembering here that this was Bermuda's Cycle Lords gang. So, so by this point, this man is quite a lot older. So not as, you know. And then, best bit, he jumps over a police car. Yeah, he does, yeah. But with no ramp. 
what do you mean? Doesn't need a ramp. Whoa! I've seen jigs at hazard. You don't always need ramps. You can just fly if you get the speed up. We are going to go out. We're going to hire a moped. <laughs> can we not just do it on a Santander cycle? Okay, we'll get a Santander cycle. <laughs> they look pretty light and easy to move I'll around. I'll ride it. You lay on the floor and I'll jump over you without a ramp. Can we do it the other way around? No, no. I'd like to do it this way <laughs> and test it. Fine. Okay. We'll, and then we'll if do I don't make it, you can have a go. Yeah, fine. Fine. <laughs> no, his transformation was amazing. Um, and did you notice after his first turning up, all of a sudden he's walking around the school in jeans with a turn up at the bottom, yeah. an open shirt with collars. He'd been walking around in these like nerdy jumpers the whole time, and suddenly he was like t-shirt rolled up with Marlboros underneath yeah. it. Bit James Dean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did. I did notice that, and I thought, um, as you said earlier in the film, when he appeared at the um, bowling alley near the beginning. Yeah. Um, and um, he's. Oh, he was he's, reading his book of how to be American. Yeah, exactly. He was how these guys? Of, yeah. Could we have a bone? He had on a kind of what can I only describe as like a lemony golf jumper. You know that kind of. He was busting like his a, Giles Brandreth, weren't he? He was busting his Giles Brandreth, and I. Just wrote down, I'm pretty sure my dad had that lemon golf jumper. I think... Never played golf in I his think life. I think your dad would have I done. He... I think Ted Bovis would have done. I think the guy who did Bullseye would have done. Um, Giles Brandreth definitely still probably got it. Um, but he knows how to wear it. That's the difference. <laughs> That's the difference. Do you know what I mean, though? Yeah, but I mean, the fact he had a guidebook to how to be American. And did you notice? Why did she want him? He hadn't made one count them not one male friend the entire time you've been there he tried they weren't interested they were just who did he try with apart from the t-birds well that was the crowd he needed to be with because he wanted to be with a pink lady and to be with a pink lady you've got to be a t-bird so why is he going to waste his time on the rest of these losers good point i mean he could have gone and powered up with eugene and worked out why the hell you were still at school maybe maybe eugene was working there was he meant to be working there? Oh, he might have been. You yeah, know. because he was like at, yeah, on the, the top, stage music. Throwing yeah. down the snow. So maybe Eugene had got a job at Rydell. I bet he had. I think that's probably see what that. it was. Um, do you want another little fact about this? Go on then. Um, so this film was nominated for the... 14 Oscars. Stinker Bad Movie Awards for the worst picture. You really surprised me. I think it's absolutely outrageous. It didn't win. But just to, what was it beaten by? It was, if you say Street Fighter, <laughs> I'm going to leap across this table. It was um, beaten by a film called Inchon, um, which apparently Inchon. was about a, a battle in the Korean War. I mean, <laughs> Lord, wow. Um, Lawrence Olivier, I think, was in it. Some, some, okay, some big star was in it. But just to put in context, what nonsense the stinker bad movie awards are. Go on. I'll tell you what was also nominated as worst pick in that year. Go on. Annie, I mean, give me a break. Give me a break. Now, you see, I'd watch Annie four times for every one time I'm made to watch it. Well, this. I mean, yes, Annie's a stone-cold classic. So my point is, Stinker Bad Movie Awards, I think not. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer was actually um, nominated as Best Actress at the Young Artists Awards. Well, they're insane and they just wanted her to turn up. I'd do that. If I ran an award ceremony that really wasn't worth its salt and I thought, how can I get a big name down here? Oh, she's been nominated for Razzies and everything and she's pretty bad and she can't really sing and, you know, she's Michelle Pfeiffer. Some people find her easy on the eye. Okay, well, we'll get her in. Her agent might even tell her to come. Well, Let's give her the award. I think that's very cynical. And the But do you want to know the ironic thing? She didn't win. She didn't win? Who did? She um, lost out to Paulette. She lost to Aileen Quinn, a.k.a. Annie. Nice. What a turn of events. There you go. Both excellent performances. Oh, my God. Aileen Quinn did have the edge, being probably circa 14 when she did that. And talking of performances, mm. the one Let's. bit I will give Michelle Pfeiffer as a good part of her performance yeah. is they absolutely drenched her burger bun in tomato sauce. Oh, my God. It looked like she she was it was bleeding yeah. or something. It yeah, like she had a nosebleed or yeah. whatever. And then she still tucked into it yeah, with a smile yeah, on yeah. her face. So I thought, do you know what? Ex- that was a really bad continuity yeah. point because she hadn't got any. And she added a bit, but she took one bite, pulled it away from her mouth, <laughs> there was nothing on it, went to him, shot back, and it was like... It she, was absolutely oh, covered, bleh. yeah. Another continuity point I noticed. Yes. Um, when Johnny comes out of the bowling alley to face um, Balmuda, because he thinks he's out there on his own, oh, yeah. he's got a cigarette in his mouth. Right. Um, 
we get a, a shot of Bermuda with all his gang with him, yeah. and then the reaction shot of Johnny, cigarette's gone. I heard him spit it out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> which leads me on to, you cannot tell me he is not a legendary character. I can. Because he's walking down the high school corridor, smoking a cigarette. Miss McGee comes along. Ah, Mr. Nogger. I like that bit where he hid the cigarette in his and mouth. He, and that was, that was some skills that boy had with that cigarette. Oh, I agree with he that. He flipped it on his tongue, popped it inside his mouth, clo- closed his... See, everything in this film is sexual. I know. Closed his mouth. And then she said to him, what was it she said to him? She basically says that there's been reports of motorbikes being um, yeah. driven over the school lawn. Yeah. Um, and she says, that wouldn't be you, Mr. Nogarelli. You have more respect for grass. Ooh. Very clever. Do you see? Do you I see do like what's happening there? Yeah, I do. That woman had some cracking lines and that was one of them. Well, I have one more thing that I want to cover before we talk about anything else. Yes. Including schools. Which is the luau. Ah, the the climax. The climax. So, the, so luau. the luau was the replacement for the fairground yeah. of Greece. Yeah. Continue. Whatever about the scene, didn't really pay attention to it because of the fact that I decided we need a luau. Yeah. Oh, you. Oh. That looks cool. That's yeah. the party we're going to have. We're going to have a luau. What did you particularly love about the that idea? I just like the luau. I like the song and dance at the start. I like the <laughs> idea. It was all very like Hawaiian. I liked having this ridiculous swimming pool in the middle. Garlands. Yeah, I liked the garlands. There was like fires going. It was mm-hmm. great fun. Mm-hmm. It seemed to start at like six in the morning and it was dark by the time <laughs> the king and queen turned up. It was great. I thought we need to do a luau, man. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's do it. Um, paddling pool over at the common. We could fill that. No, but like let's, when we get our space, luau. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you. I'll even let you grease two theme it. Oh my God. I am. Um, How about that? I think you were just trying to get me to no, deduct reasons that to jump, don't you? I loved. Oh my god, that would be the. Oh my goodness. What a great luau party to have! So anyone who knows us, those three people, <laughs> luau. Get ready for the Lou- party. Sort your costumes wow. out now. I know. Right? I've never been more excited. I am going to get my a life. leather jacket with the biggest set of collars you can imagine. I can't wait. Or maybe I'll just, um, what was it, get a pile of white motorbikes and dress in white myself. Okay. I know that was from the previous scene, but... Let's, like, let's very quickly I was just laughing that. at the fact that how he looked, how she looked. It was like a Kate Bush video. It, it wasn't the best. To be honest with you, the best parts of this film happen in the first half or the first two thirds. Things do go slightly awry, and I think that probably is because um, the script wasn't fully formed yeah um so sorry to mr ken finkelman i think you you, you did a cracking job mate ken did it ken did it yeah the old no writer, shit. writer of airplane two yeah ken yeah oh Jeez. you know old kenny did it no he never mentioned it no if you wait till what i see him yeah oh he's gonna buy it when i see him i well, tell you well you should have had you know told him to Get it all done before you start, mate, because exactly. I think it does show. Yeah, so I think that the final third of this film does lose its way a little bit. A little bit. Um, and that scene near the end where Stephanie thinks that Michael's died, so we get this kind of um, heaven. Oh, I know. <laughs> heaven, motorcycle heaven. She's dressed in it's, flowing white. Yeah. He's got a white motorcycle outfit on. Um, but again. I mean, whatever. Camp. What's not to love? Yeah, whatever. What is not to love? So there you go. I, I get the feeling that on the whole you enjoyed it. I, I mean, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I didn't hate it. It was fun. When we stopped watching this film, Brian, you were singing back to school while you were making a cup of tea. I know. I know. I'm not saying I hated it. I thought it was fun. I just think there was a lot of rubbish in there. But as I said, at, the, at this point in time in the world, I think the world needs that sort of thing. And I certainly do. I'm sick of reading about all the depressing shit that's going on. So it was really nice to watch something that was just a bit of escapist nonsense. Absolutely agree. So there you that, go. That's a high. So on that high, go on. Please give me your VHS score for Greece Two. So, uh, aka Son of Greece, <laughs> aka Greece is still the word. Okay. So based on that incredible high ending, I bumped my score up. I loved it for that reason. So it gets two point five. <gasps> I'm going to take that. I'm going to take it all day yeah, long. Yeah, I would because don't question it because it will tumble. Thank you so much. That's all right. No Thank problem. you to my mum. Yeah. Thank you to... The academy. Everybody. Um, I'll take that. 
because okay. I know it's not perfect. Oh, it's I'm going higher. Yeah, of course you are. <laughs> Go on. I'm going three. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah. All right. Because I think you, I think you could put this film on when you're feeling blue, yeah. and it will just put a smile on your face. Yeah. And I think there is a certain level of tongue-in-cheekness. Well, there was with the first one. So as long as you go into it with the right attitude, exactly. yeah, you'll, you'll be okay. So that is a grand total of 5.5 VHS tapes for Grease 2. Which seems awfully high, but I'm too late I now. I don't think I've it's high enough, stand. but we'll stick with it. Okay. More importantly, reasons to dump you. Yeah, you haven't, apart from the three that you had before you came into this, of which I'm assuming one's been scored out because I've made you see the error of your ways. No. How many do you have? Uh, Six. Bloody hell, crack on. Right. Um, Six? Yes. When Frenchie... All right, you shouted that awfully stern. Well, yes. Le- you, my maths isn't my strong point, Go so on, let's see if we've we go. got sex. I'll use my fingers. Number one, you laughed at Frenchie when she appeared on screen. Yeah, because I thought, fucking hell, love. She's done nothing else her entire acting career. Disrespectful. Number two, you absolutely wet yourself at Michael's first um, cycle entrance when he kicked oh Bermuda in the face. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant the first one where... Um, the main guy rides in because there were a lot of the shots of when they were on motorbikes that they were clearly on not that lower low lo- rider yeah, I would agree, so actually, yeah. usually they put them on cars and bikes on the top of a flatbed truck and ride them along and it looks like they're riding and they were on motorbikes and they looked like they were about 15 feet <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 there was one when johnny novarelli was yeah. going along and i thought that yeah that's not yeah um anyway that's my second one um, my third one go on. is when Johnny, uh, sorry, when Michael and Stephanie go off on their cycle ride together <laughs> and they're having this romantic moment and they're oh falling in love. Yeah. Um, she says she's shivering and he tells her to <laughs> yeah. hold on closer and she says, that's what's making me shiver. <laughs> yeah. And you've laughed out loud. <laughs> so was... clearly no romance in your bones. That's that was... number three. That was so shit. During our little chat now, I explained to you why Frenchie disappears halfway through this film and you go, that's fine, I didn't miss her. That's four, because you've doubly disrespected Frenchie. Look, with all due respect to the woman, she plays that role brilliantly. I just, every time I see her, bless her heart, even now in interviews, she just talks about Greece. Why shouldn't she? It's, okay. it's an iconic character. If you played an iconic character, Brian, you wouldn't shut up about it. Banana, man. <laughs> The case you're having you. Yeah. Number five. Yeah. You called Nogarelli, aka Johnny, bloody awful. Yeah, he was. So I stand by that. And you compared that. him to Shane Ritchie. I mean, please. that is a little unfair. Sorry, no offense, Shane. Shane but... Sorry, Shane. That is a little unfair, mate. You're you're better than that. Uh, that's five already, right? And my sixth and final one. I I think this is the most I've had for any film we've done so far. Yeah. The sixth and final reason to dump you. You're quite angry about it as well. You. you the, the sixth one louder, is the kicker. Quicker. It's the the sixth one is the kicker, right? Go on. You didn't, shall I use the uh, kids' parlance? You didn't stan Paulette and Johnny. You weren't there for their relationship. You don't think that they were the best uh, couple in the entire film. I don't. You looked at me with such sincerity in your eyes when you said that. I think we're genuinely (laughs) done. I think we're done here, Brian. I think we're genuinely done. Oh, well, that's probably for the best because, unfortunately, it would appear that, you know, you have no taste. (gasps) Which doesn't say a lot for me. Okay. Yeah. Mm, mm. yeah. Maybe I should celebrate that rather than pull you up on it. That's how smart you are. I know, right? Smart boy. I'd have been a T-bird. <laughs> I wouldn't have been Shakespeare, that's for sure. <laughs> I did write that down as well before we go, and we do, should go. Yeah, We've we got things to do. I put T-bird, mm-hmm. I was not. No. Because I wasn't. And then later on... This was the kicker. Does my Ford Fiesta count as a mean machine? <laughs> I think not. Hey, metallic green. Mm, silver? Yeah, probably. <laughs> says metallic green. So I don't know what sort of cut and shut it actually Yeah, exactly. Is. Cool. Well, yeah, thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Well, I'm sorry that we now have to part ways but it's been a good 22 years it really has it um, really has we've um, had a lot of fun we could have um, we could have got to this point earlier in our relationship because this film came out before we even knew each other so yeah, yeah. maybe that's why i didn't introduce you to it well, that's probably now. for the best and to be fair you know with inflation i'm not so bothered about three pound 49 but if you'd have spent three pound 49 <laughs> on it 10 years ago i'd have dumped you anyway <laughs> don't try and take the power back the power is Damn not it. mine 
Damn it. Six reasons to dump you. All incredibly strong. Probably the strongest we've had so far. Well, I'll be honest. to the list. Given what you've just made me watch for a couple of hours, it's probably best that we let it just go. Anyway, Sinead, over to you to wrap things up. Well, thank you very much for listening. It's been a delight. It really has. This has been Reasons to Dump You. Please do rate us five stars. Yes, please do. You can follow us on Instagram at reasons underscore pod. Yep. And if you have any friends, (laughs) then please tell them all about us and ask them to follow our podcast as well on whatever good platform that you listen to podcasts on. All bad. I, I'm not well, yeah, we're pretty good, much on everything. Platform, bad, you don't have bad, much bad, of a choice. Wherever you fine. go, you're going to see us. So yeah. that's fine. We're going to be watching. Yeah, <laughs> from everywhere. <laughs> Thanks very much. Cool. We'll speak to you later. Bye. Bye.